0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Dineen, and this is my review of Friday Night Smackdown, which took place September 29th, 2023, taking place at the Golden One Center in Sacramento, California. Now, the show started off with Jimmy Uso making his way out with Solo Sokoa and the wise man, a.k.a. Special Counsel Paul Heyman. The Bloodline, or at least what remains for now until Roman returns. Uh, In two weeks' time, I believe, Roman uh, is back on Smackdown. I saw something on social media That says Roman Reigns will appear on Friday, the 13th episode uh, edition of SmackDown. So you can look forward to seeing the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion returning October 13th on SmackDown. So we got two weeks. So anyway, back to Friday night that just uh, took place here. Uh, They replay the events that took place uh, on the previous episode of SmackDown uh, during and after the Fastlane contract signing. Heyman goes on to say Cena is having transportation issues this evening. He goes on to say that Cena and Styles aren't in the building and that Styles is lying in a hospital bed. Jimmy Uso takes the mic from Paul Heyman and says, Sacramento, the bloodline is in your city. Jimmy says, the real reason Cena isn't here tonight is because he's scared. Scared of Jim Uso. Now, this isn't the first time. It's been a couple of weeks now that Jimmy Uso is referring to himself as Jim Uso. Um it's going to take some getting used to i don't know just the last 10 plus years or however long you know the usos have been in wwe just so used to hearing jimmy and jay and it's taken me you know some time the last month or two to just get used to them being separate having singles runs on solo uh, on different brands uh you know jimmy being on uh, smackdown and uh, jay being on raw now Uh, so I was just getting used to that now i got to call him jim uso i don't know if i could get used to that but anyway Jim Uso is how he's referring to himself these days. He then proceeds to say if Cena doesn't keep away that he'll find himself just like AJ Styles, who unfortunately ended up in the hospital. And during this segment, Carl Anderson ran in and attacked both Solo Sokoa and then Jimmy Uso. Very bold, very bold. Um, it's very rare as well to see Carl Anderson. Um, it's been a really long time since we've seen him uh, outside of last week when he was helping cart, uh, escort AJ Styles into that uh, ambulance alongside John Cena and his uh, tag team partner is currently out I believe he has had surgery recently Luke Gallo's speedy recovery uh to him I don't know the timetable as to what's up with that so Carl Anderson yells out to them saying I told AJ to keep out of bloodline business but from what took place last week on Smackdown that this is now OC business and now it's personal Solo told Jimmy you better handle this or I'm gonna handle this for you Jimmy said hey, relax I got this I got this uh, then attempted to dap up Solo. Solo wasn't having any of it. Uh, so Jimmy uh, ended up shaking his own hand, I guess you could say. Um, bottom line is this. you know, I was going to get into this later on the show. But Solo, as we all know, does not respect uh, his older brother, Jimmy Uso. He just doesn't. He barely respects Roman Reigns these days. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Roman returning for a number of reasons in two weeks. Because I think he really has to uh, restore some order in the bloodline. It's not Paul Heyman. It's not even Solo, really. It's Jimmy Uso uh, causing absolute, utter chaos and havoc uh, since realigning himself with the bloodline a few weeks ago. So we got a singles match out of all this. Carl Anderson going up against Jimmy Uso, or as he likes to be referred to these days, Jim Uso. Uh, Great to see Carl Anderson again. uh, When's the last time we really saw him on TV outside of last week in that backstage segment? It's been a really long time. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, forget tag team action with Gallows. When's the last time we saw him in a singles bout? So anyway, we got these these two going at it. And... The OC, man, you know, it's cool that they're with AJ Styles. Obviously, AJ is always going to have some kind of a notable role, prominent role, even if it's not including a title, uh, which has happened with AJ the last couple of years. They're using him more as the veteran these days, not in title contention, really. But, you know, the OC returned to WWE after being released three years ago. They returned at the Barclays Center. I was actually at the show uh, October 10th of last year. It's great to see them back. They got in the mix with the Judgment Day, and that was that, right? Um but you really haven't seen much. And I know Carl Anderson, you know, he's still got a lot left in the tank. So they should at least utilize him in singles. Sadly, this match resulted in a semi squash. That's really what took place here. Uh, Jimmy raked the eyes uh, while Solo Sokoa distracted the referee. Get a super kick to Carl Anderson. Uso splash, game over. Jim Uso with the W. Um, so, again, nice to see him on the opening match of SmackDown, Carl Anderson. But it meant nothing for him, it was just another stepping stone. Uh, for the bloodline to, to take over and continue to dominate as they've done for weeks, months, years at this point, right? Now, post-match, Jim, I'm just going to call him Jim Uso. That's what he wants. That's what I'll give him. Jim and Solo attack Carl Anderson, Samoan Spike leaving him, laying in the center of that ring. Now, Mishin from the OC was making her way out uh, to, to just coming out from Gorilla as they were making their way to backstage. They crossed paths and um, you know, the bloodline, again, they were making their way back, and Jimmy Uso says to Mishin, there you go. Uh, basically, like, you know, pick pick up your guy. He's laying there smack dab on the floor. And, um, you know, Mishin, she slapped the living hell out of Jimmy Uso, like, significantly to the point <laughs> where he was uh, knocked to the ground, so left him in disbelief. Again, Solo, Solo Sokoa, who doesn't even respect Jimmy Uso at all, he looked at his brother while he was on the floor in absolute disgust. Like, how do you let these things happen? You talk too much, and this is why things happen. What's that little Wayne line? Real G's move in silence like lasagna, you know? And that's exactly how Solo Sokoa moves. Jimmy Uso, not so much. So, uh, you know, after that whole segment had happened, and WWE's uh, Twitter account wrote, uh, Jimmy Uso clearly didn't see that one coming. Thank you, Mia Yim. Uh, Mishan retweeted that was for AJ and for Carl and more to come if you keep messing with my boys so backstage Kathy Kelly with Santos Escobar ahead of his uh, United States Championship match later on in the night Um, Escobar says he's focused but he has butterflies and uh, going up against fellow LWO member Rey Mysterio this is a dream but has been working on this his entire life and waiting for this opportunity this moment while the whole world is watching he says I will never give up on my dreams and I will never stop fighting for them either he says, Ray better be ready for the fight of his life. Uh, so this, we knew it was going to be a very good match. And uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, but before that is to happen, we have the Grayson Waller effect with Bobby Lashley as his guest. And Waller says, Cena may be the greatest of all time, but he's not the greatest at being on time. Waller's just great with words. And at this point, Cena has not arrived to the arena yet, allegedly. So again uh said to had travel issues and we, we we weren't exactly sure as to why that happened but anyway uh he introduces his guest a man who's done it all in wwe but has been struggling as a talent scout he says bobby lashley lashley talks about having made a mistake with his pick of the street profits he says i think they don't have the will to do whatever it takes waller tries to sell himself on the recent pairing of himself and austin theory as an undefeated team as of late but bobby declines and he says i'm good i'll pass on that one the street profits however they made their way out in suits as they still seemingly at least in their mind are aligned with uh, one bobby lashley lashley says he doesn't want any excuses if they want something out of him they should go and prove it he leaves profits chase after him that was that as far as they were concerned you know that whole segment for waller didn't really go as planned uh, so Waller went and uh, introduced his new buddy old pal, Austin Theory, for his match that was uh, set to take place next. We had Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes. I feel like we haven't seen Grimes in weeks. Uh, again, not in any kind of a significant role uh, on WWE programming at all. Unfortunate, because he had a hell of a run uh, in NXT, especially going up against LA Knight two years ago for that million dollar championship uh, spring of 21. I know you guys remember that. So we see that Dragon Lee is in the building. He's, uh, he's been shown a lot as of late on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, it leads me to believe that we're going to see Dragon Lee on the main roster sometime soon. No question about it. If I had to pick a brand, uh, most likely SmackDown. I really do. I see him fitting in well there. Um, he's been an accomplice with Rey Mysterio the last month or so. Rey was in his corner three weeks ago on NXT. When Dominic Mysterio was defending his North American Championship against Dragon Lee, unfortunately, leading get it done there, he didn't get done last week. uh, Get get the job done this past week on Monday Night Raw, and uh, maybe third time's a charm. Uh, We'll see if those two ever cross paths again. But uh, regardless, I think Dragon Lee is on his way to uh, the main roster sooner than later. Uh, So the way this match went, again, much like Carl Anderson, unfortunately, we don't see these guys often. Carl Anderson, Cameron Grimes, matches were brief. It's all about the other guy uh, theory hit Grimes with an eight down down for the victory post-match theory gets in Dragon Lee's face ringside pushing him and they have a shoving match back and forth referees break them up rather quickly and so as far as I recall those two are set yeah those two are scheduled for a match next week on SmackDown we have Dragon Lee yet again returning to SmackDown unofficial member of the roster still, still technically part of NXT until further notice but making his way to the main roster to go up against Austin Theory next week. It was also announced that the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, will be, quote-unquote, taking over the blue brand uh, next Friday. So we'll see what that means as well uh, for the two of them. So hopping back into this review, we have Kayla Braxton now with the United States Champion Rey Mysterio. Rey says, look, LWO is family. It will always be family Ray says he grew up watching Santos Escobar's father, El Fantasma, and knows how hard Santos fought to get here for this very moment, this title opportunity. Ray said, but be careful what you wish for. I always expect the best from my opponents, and so I bring my best too. Ray said, I'm giving you the fight of your life. May the best man win, simply put. So uh, that match is coming out in a very short time. Prior to that, though, backstage, Jimmy Uso is seen attacking uh, Shanti the Adonis. Uh, and then Solo Sokoa hit him with a uranagi through a table. You have B-Fab shouting in the back. Uh, The two remaining members of Hit Row, of course, Top Dollar was let go last week, and those. uh mass releases, WWE releases, I'm not sure if they're, they're probably not going to even fall under uh, Hit Row anymore. It's probably just going to be Ashante and Bfab paired up together until further notice. Now, Jimmy jokingly added that uh, Ashante the Adonis will not be John Cena's partner uh, for Fastlane, but that just goes to show you the bloodline continue to bully uh, this entire SmackDown roster. Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa running through everybody. Now, here we are, United States Championship match. We have Rey Mysterio, the champion, going up against Santos Escobar, Two members here of the LWO. We have Selena Vega ringside for this match out there to check on her boys. Uh, now, title change or not, this 1,000% should have been the main event of SmackDown. This should not have been closing out hour one. You, you can't tell me otherwise. Can't change my mind about it. Dare I say, this match should have been on a PLE. I'll just say because it's the one coming up next weekend. They could have saved this for Fastlane or any other pay-per-view for that matter. It's that caliber of match. You have two current stable members going at it. You know, um, a dream opponent for Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio uh, wanting to capture gold on the main roster. How great would it be to uh, a mentor of sorts to finally uh, defeat him, to get the job done as they've had a great alliance the past six months or so on SmackDown uh, or just on the main roster in general. So um, I don't know, man, I think, uh, you know i'll just jump to the simple fact that there was no title change right ray retained but i'm still going to go through the duration of this match uh but even with the retaining of the title i still would put this in the main event spot i don't understand why anyway we'll hop right into this now ray was in all black gear lwo logo on the left side of his pant leg looked incredible and santos escobar white trunks again lwo on the back love how they both represented lwo inspired gear and beautiful crossbody from ray uh, jumping into the midst of this match from the top rope to the outside, during the match, again, they show us Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa for some reason backstage, just showing their utter dominance, even though it was just beating up security guards. Anyway, back to the match. Ray went for the 619, was met with a super kick, a beautiful super kick, by the way, by Escobar, followed by a suicide dive uh, from Santos, then a moonsault. So it looked like Santos was finally gaining some leverage here after a strong start by Rey Mysterio. Uh, Escobar was really getting his momentum going on here, uh, getting that advantage. So now we're back in the ring here. Rey gets hit with a Meteora twice, but Santos was unable to put Rey away. These two throughout had several high-risk maneuvers. Rey again attempted the 619, but Escobar caught it. Third time's the charm, maybe. Uh, Ray finally completed that 619, but missed the frog splash. Now Santos attempted the Phantom Driver, but Ray was able to turn it into a roll-up pinfall victory. Again, Ray retains, um, Escobar looked like he was in despair post-match, not happy. It even looked like at one point he was ready to turn on his mentor, fellow LWO member, Ray Mysterio, which is something I totally could see happening sooner than later, um, so Ray goes over to uh, Escobar after, you know, uh, raising his title around the ring. And I said, oh, this this is where I think Escobar is going to turn. They had a few words. Uh, it looked like Ray was about to extend his hand uh, to Escobar. The handshake, I don't believe, took place. Suddenly, the Street Profits come out and attack both Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, as they have been the past couple of weeks, getting into it with them, and this seemingly heel turn uh, for, for Profits joining Bobby Lashley. Uh, While this is all happening, Bobby Lashley makes his way out to the ring. Bobby knocks down Joaquin Wilde of the LWO. Cruz del Toro was taken out by the Prophets in the ring. Dragon Lee wanted to help the LWO, but was prevented by security to remain, you know, ringside in his seat. And Lashley was thrilled by this uh, attitude and newfound, uh, you know, viciousness of the Street Prophets. Obviously, earlier in the night from last week, he was very, very disappointed uh, with them and losing last week. Dawkins getting pinned. And now he came out and he actually had a smile on his face. And he thinks that he thinks they'll work out after all um, the three of them held their hands up on the ramp and Escobar's night went from bad to worse. He went from losing that United States championship uh, title match to his mentor uh, to getting beat up afterwards. So that's un- that's unfortunate. We'll see where that leads. But again, um, very interesting uh Very interesting dynamics here, right? we got Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar. It's not finished business, at least as far as Escobar is concerned, until he wins that title, let's be honest. Santos is really starting to show that he's feeling some type of way. It's no more happy-go-lucky, smiles and hugs, as it's been with him and Rey for months. And then the interesting part is Dragon Lee. You know, Dragon Lee keeps showing up, although he's going up against Theory this uh, coming Friday on SmackDown. Uh, He was trying to help them against the Prophets. Does he eventually, you know, come to SmackDown? Does he join the LWO? Does Dragon Lee and Santos Escobar get into it? Does uh, does Escobar try to keep Dragon Lee out of the LWO, much like uh, Damian Priest is trying to keep JD McDonough? Out of Judgment Day, you know, Finn Balor and J.D. McDonough have been cool for some time. And Damian Priest puts a stop to it, much like Rey Mysterio and Dragon Lee have been cool for some time. But Santos wants to put a stop to it. So much like we thought Priest would be getting kicked out or leaving Judgment Day, hasn't happened yet. And I don't think it's going to happen for quite some time because they're the current tech team champions, him and Finn Balor. But back to LWO business here. uh, Sooner than later, I could see some kind of friction definitely happening uh, in this love triangle uh, of sorts where, you know, Santos leaves or LWO splits, or Dragon Lee uh, joins Ray So just going to keep a watchful eye on that whole scenario there, but uh, definitely something I'm, I'm curious to see. So now we had Charlotte Flair going up against Bailey. This is going to be their first meeting in three years. Uh, we actually got some statistics uh, that I found, thanks to Just Talk Wrestling on Twitter. And they wrote, when it comes to the four horsewomen in WWE, it's Bailey who leads the charge with an impressive win rate across NXT and WWE main roster. He goes, that's 468 wins from 725 matches. And this is the four horsewomen in numbers. Now, again, this includes their NXT time and their WWE days. So, Bayley is at number one with 64.6% win ratio. Next up, the man, Becky Lynch, at 60.1% following her number 3 we have the queen charlotte flair 57.1% and then coming in at number 4 sasha banks which i'm not surprised at based upon you know how her booking had been uh, throughout the course of her wwe tenure uh, 53.1%. so that's interesting and you know not to give the ending away for those that didn't watch but this slightly changes changes a little bit i guess you can say because the number 3 beat the number 1 that's right charlotte flair did defeat bayley uh, but we're going to go over that match in just a moment so the camera goes to the parking deck of the arena where john cena pulls up in a ford mustang blows right past the security checkpoint ready to address the bloodline uh, but before that happens again we get this women's match between charlotte flair and bailey but uh cena's landed he's arrived he's parked his car and he, he busted right into the building and he's ready to uh settle some business to say the least in the quote-unquote main event spot of smackdown before we get to that though this women's match Prior to the start of it, Charlotte says Bailey has become a stepping stone while she has become the measuring stick in WWE. She says, After I beat you tonight, I am going to challenge Io Sky for her WWE Women's Championship at Fastlane. Now, Flair did in fact get the win by hitting Bailey with the spear to come out on top. Post match, Bailey tells Charlotte that they're going to enter. As damage control circles the ring, Asuka's music suddenly hits. Asuka runs out and helps Charlotte Flair. Asuka then cuts a promo in Japanese. This is where it actually gets really good. Now, from that, not, not that I thought Bailey understood Japanese uh, all that well, even though she, she uh, is in damage control with Io Sky. But anyway, Bailey claims that Asuka said she wants a triple threat match with Io and Charlotte at Fastlane next weekend and accepts it on behalf of Io Sky. Sky insists that is not what Asuka said uh, at all. But, uh, however, it looks like the match will be taking place at Fastlane. Asuka versus Charlotte Flair versus Io Sky taking place uh, October 7th at fast lane now the thing about that is here we go uh, you know I like a nice triple threat match I really do so here we are two months and two days later by the time fast lane rolls around on October 7th and on August 5th at SummerSlam we again had a women's triple threat match at the time Oscar was the champion going up against Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair here we are again two months two days later at fast lane sky being the champion now going up again against Oscar and Charlotte Flair. Now look, all formidable opponents. A match that will probably be very good, uh, but again, there's a lot of uh, similarities. Not only is it a triple threat match again. Uh, not only do we have Oscar again. Not only do we have Charlotte Flair again. I just wish somehow that you know they were a little more creative with it. Um, I, I don't have a proposal right now. I really don't. Typically, I do of what I would uh, do. I mean, perhaps I would just take one of the opponents. I would. I would have had Io Sky go up against Asuka. At this very moment in time, you could always incorporate Charlotte Flair at any given moment. As you see, they they have no problem, no hesitating when it comes to the Queen as far as inserting her in any match, whether she's been back uh, one night or or whatever. She doesn't have to be back for any extended period of time uh, to uh, to to vie for that championship. We all know that, right? 14 time champ. So, look, I'm sure the match is going to deliver. I, for one, am just hoping that Sky does not lose. Nothing against Asuka, nothing against Charlotte at all. Uh, Sky should not lose. Not just because she's had a reign of only two months at this point, uh, but it, it really hasn't been a significant reign. It really hasn't. She's been too caught up uh, with all the theatrics and drama with damage control. Again, I've said this on the previous episode of uh, my SmackDown review. I wish Sky was out there doing her own thing. I wish she was far removed from damage control she works best when it's just her. She's got a great look. She's amazing in the ring. She's funny on the mic. Her entrance theme and everything, she's just wild. And I love everything about her. Whether she's a babyface, whether it's a heel, that does not matter to me. Uh, but her being on her own does matter to me. So I think when all is said and done, I'm okay with this being a triple threat for the fact that it will probably be a great match. But I'm really just concerned about EO's uh, chances obviously dropping in a, in a triple threat match opposed to it just being a singles bout. So that's what we have uh, for Fastlane uh, for the women's uh, championship match. So John Cena makes his way to the ring. Cena says he asked for a signed contract for a match against the bloodline at Fastlane. However, the only problem is, is that he doesn't have a partner. He says, so tonight, it's very important. He has a choice to rip up this contract and act like none of this ever happened, or I could stand up and fight. Cena says to Sacramento, what decision do you think the guy that wears never give up over his heart will make? We all knew... That Cena was not going to rip up this contract, that he was not going to bow out gracefully, and that he was, in fact, going to fight, whether he had a partner or not. That's just John Cena, right? Jimmy Uso makes his way to the ring suddenly with Solo and says, you're not making it to Fastlane. Cena calls Solo Sokoa to get into the ring, gets him on his shoulders, actually, uh, but then gets hit with a Jimmy Uso super kick right when he was about to take him down. Again, another two-on-one beatdown for the longest time. Solo stops Jimmy from re-entering the ring. And as soon as Solo was making his way into the ring, suddenly, L.A. Knight's music hits. Makes his way to the ring, takes out both Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Cena gets back in the ring. L.A. Knight picks up the contract that lies in the center of the ring, signs it, becomes Cena's partner next weekend at Fastlane. So we have L.A. Knight, John Cena, versus the Bloodline. You know, Cena was obviously shocked. He couldn't believe it. Uh so he hands the contract to Cena. Cena still in disbelief but more than okay with LA Knight answering the call. Great finish to smackdown. You know, we were supposed to get this last week. Unfortunately, LA Knight got to the arena, they found out he had COVID, was sent home. So this was supposed to happen a week prior, but guess what? Better late than never. LA Knight, Cena, uh set to take on Jimmy Uso and Solo Sikoa should be a great tag team bout at Fastlane uh, on October 7th. Now um You know, things are beginning to heat up. You know, again, even though I'm against another women's triple threat, mainly because I don't want Io to drop, you know, a pretty good, pretty solid women's triple threat match that was scheduled uh, as of this past episode. And then we also got this tag team bout uh, that was signed, sealed, delivered. So Two great matches to look forward to as this card continues to build for Fastlane in just a week's time. Now, let me see here if I have anything else that I really want to discuss as far as Smackdown was concerned before we get out of here. Uh, In addition to... Uh, SmackDown going off air, actually. It said they had two dark matches after they went off air, and John Cena battled Dominic Mysterio, and Seth Rollins uh, battled uh, the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. Cena defeated Dominic, while Seth won via disqualification. Uh, Towards the end of his match, Seth also sent a shout-out to the late, great Bray Wyatt when the fans lit up the arena with their cell phone firefly-like lights. Um, So this isn't the first time Seth did this. Seth did this at a house show. Uh, the very weekend, uh, just a few days after Bray's initial passing a month ago. Uh, Seth was obviously, like many, a big fan of Bray Wyatt, um, Wyndham Rotunda as a human being as well. Still still in disbelief that that, even, uh, that that even occurred, really, way too young. So that pretty much sums up things here for the Friday Night Smackdown Review, September 29th, 2023. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Deneen, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.